Hi there, welcome to Where's Wilmington? I'm Lisa Kapala. You know, we try to touch on some of the interesting topics out there that might be slightly controversial, and today we have something that maybe is a little controversial for you. Darren Marsh is with us. He is an NRA certified firearms instructor. Darren, welcome. Thank you, good today to be here. Today we're gonna be talking a little bit about gun safety. I know you like to call them firearms. Mm -hmm. And a little bit about you know what's going on out there in far, as far as training and so forth. So Darren, thank you for being with us. No, it's a pleasure. Thank so you for having let's me. So let's talk, you're welcome. Let's talk a little bit first about the difference between firearms and guns. Why do you want me to say firearms instead of guns? I think there's such a preconceived notion of um, shooting sports that are run across this country depending on where you're living. Some are more friendly, some are more unfriendly when it comes to firearms. Um, we're considered firearms instructor, one, because we cover all platforms, pistols, rifles, and shotguns. Um, but the whole concept of a firearm makes people think before they react. Um, it's kind of like being in a theater and somebody yells, yells fire. Mm -hmm. It creates panic right? Um, because people know fire is bad. Um, there's such a misconception with the term gun that people automatically panic without having any idea really what they're panicking over. So yeah. when you use firearm, it kind of changes the whole tone and gets people to ask questions. Okay. How long have you been a member of the NRA? I have been, a, oh my gosh, uh, to tell you the truth, I can't remember. <laughs> Around the time Charlton Heston was involved? <laughs> oh, I was a member then yeah. as well, yes. Because okay. so, I know a while. he was a big spokesperson for yes. the movement. Yeah. I'm a Patriot level endowment life member. Wow. So. Okay. And you've been instructing for a long time. Um, actually, I, I officially started instructing last year when I I had so many people contact me and say, you're really good at this because I would take people to the firearms range and, and work with them, teach them how to shoot and so forth. And they say, you're a natural teacher. You okay. should see what you have to do to get your certification. So I went through the process and took the classes with the NRA and took the um, shooting tests and so forth. And uh, they authorized me to provide the uh, home firearm safety instruction at this point. Excellent. And actually, while we're talking about that, we're going to take a look at some slides that you provided from your class. Thank you for sharing them with us. You're very the first welcome. one we're going to look at is your certification. So we'll look at that on the screen in a minute. We'll talk a little bit about that, what it takes to become certified. So you're NRA certified, Mass State Police certified. What's that entail? That entails, once you get your NRA certification, um, I chose the NRA certification because they had a pre-approved um, training class to instruct people on home firearm safety that was recognized by the Mass State Police as a qualifying course in order to get your Mass license to carry or firearms identification card. Okay, um, FID, so, right? Yes, FID, you got Woo, it. Yay. And okay. 
So it was a process of once I had my NRA certification, then I had to fill out all the paperwork with the state police and submit my NRA paperwork and the state police paperwork and the wow. qualifications. And then they decided at that level if I was qualified to teach the safety course for them to issue the uh, state okay. certificate. And it makes sense that they would want to have everyone kind of under the same umbrella so that everyone Absolutely. is sort of teaching the same thing. Next thing is trained in mass law basics, concealed weapons and carrying. Wow. Yeah. It's, what it's, are the laws here about that? Um, no, it's probably broad. It's, it, it is. I tell people I'm not a lawyer and I don't play one on TV. Um, so I, I usually direct people to the mass.gov website okay. and look up firearms laws. There are pages and pages upon them where you can carry, where yeah. you can't now, carry. Now, is every single state different? Like when I think of guns, and I'm sorry, Texas, but I think of there, Texas and their laws are wide open yeah. compared to ours, right? Yeah. It, it, it is done on a state-by-state -state basis. There are pretty much federal standards that are out there that are the same in all 50 states right. as far as firearms. But state to state, it's like they everything can, else. They that pretty much can, set up their own uh, regulations, yeah. so you need to check into that. Okay. And let's take it the look at the next slide, which is the rules of your class. Yep. So when people come to your class, I like to see no live ammunition <laughs> in the classroom. Absolutely. That is very good to see that. But obviously no smoking, no electronic devices and breaks and all of that stuff. What kinds of things do you talk about in the open of the class to get people to be comfortable? Because I'm sure um, people are a little nervous. Some are probably excited, but some are probably nervous too. Um, it's, it's basically kind of letting people know how we're going to work through. I, work, I start presenting the safety, rate, safety rules um, right up front right. Um, on how to handle the firearms. And then backgrounds on on the you know the causes of gun accidents and so right. forth, right. and uh, that kind of gets people a little more at ease. And actually, um, the next slide we have is about firearms accidents. So let's take a look at that. Let's slide on over to that one. So ignorance. Mm. Well, I mean, obviously, yeah. right? We hear that a lot, well, but it's really true. You say obviously. Apparently, it's not. I mean, the two the two that are listed here: ignorance, which is a lack of knowledge, right? People that don't know the rules, and people that don't know proper safety and handling, right? And then the carelessness. They just they're they're um, just off the cuff. They think they know everything, and they don't apply the rules safely, and they don't apply the procedures safely. Mm -hmm. When you see in the news young kids taking guns to school and, and tragedies happening like that, how does that make you feel? Because you're the expert, or our yeah. expert anyway. How does that make you feel when you hear those news stories? It's a lot of times people will jump to, um, jump to conclusions with that. My thought is if, if a child has access to a firearm and he's bringing it to school, apparently he was not taught properly. Um, and the fact that they were not secured Right. Um, and again, every state is different. In Massachusetts, you have to secure your firearms unless they're on your person. I mean, my dad had a, a shotgun growing up, and we never touched it. We were scared to death right. of it. And I think it was a healthy fear. Right. Not, not a, oh my God, trepidatious fear, no, but a healthy respect yeah, a respect. for, this That's is right. a big deal, and we don't touch that. It's for adults. Let's go to our next slide. This is about NRA safety. The NRA gets a bad rap sometimes, huh? Yeah, they yeah. do. What can um, you tell us about them as an organization? Um, if anybody t takes the time to look at the NRA website and look at the student courses that are available, they are all about education. They're all about proper handling. Right. They're all about following the proper procedures so that no accidents happen. 
and it works out for everyone. Okay. Um, what's the highest level of gun you have actually fired? Meaning like an AK-47, what, what's the highest level um, you've shot? I don't know, I, I, it's hard to say if it's, if it's in, in levels. Um, I don't know how they to have, qualify it. What else would you? They have you would largest, just name it? maybe largest caliber. Oh, okay, firearm. that's the word you want to use. Um, right. The largest caliber for me is a forty-five long Colt. Um, I have a lever action rifle and a single action revolver, which I actually use in the class. Do you find it to, fun? Yeah. Relaxing. Yeah. Because the focus is intense. It when you're is. Doing you it. you need to incorporate every part of your of your body when you're at the firearms range or when you're taking another class. Interesting. Okay, so we were looking at that last slide and it was talking about the NRA guidelines for home mm. safety. Yes. And it says always keep the gun pointing in a safe direction. Really? I mean, that's a no-brainer, right? <laughs> always right. keep your finger off the trigger and always keep the gun unloaded until ready to use. Yeah. What's frightening in a way is they're all very simple and straightforward. Right. Yet, how many times do you hear or just check out YouTube Right. Um, the gun went off when I was cleaning it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get to that um, in a little yeah. bit. But yeah. But, um, but you know, though, I always thought about what would be the point of having a gun if you have to store the ammunition in the closet and the burglar comes and you've got to run to the mm -hmm. closet and put the ammunition in and do all these things. And by that time, the bad guy has already done his deeds. So how it, safe can you be as, as a person who's having the firearm, but also you want to be able to use that to protect yourself? How do you right. navigate well, that? Again, that, that falls into the state laws. I know, Some states have what they call a castle doctrine, which means you can protect your home. Your home is your castle. Some states have, you have a right to retreat, which means you have to run away if you can. Okay, what do we uh, have in Massachusetts? We have the right to retreat. We, okay. you, you have to run away if you have an escape. So yeah. I it's, mean, I it's see a the gray area. Having, I, yeah, I see the point of having a gun to protect your home, but I think some of the guidelines, which are for safety when we're not in turbulent times, yeah. I get that. But when you're down to someone's up against you and yeah. minutes count, I don't know. The, There's uh, some work to be done there, I think. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. All right, the next thing we want to look at is called three types. That's our next slide, three types. What do we got there? Let's take a look. The three types of firearms. Oh, handguns. Derringer fall into that? No. Yes. It does. Yes. Really? Tiny, tiny. Tiny, tiny. Yeah. That's right. Okay. And so that's des designed to be held with one hand. Rifles. But well, we all, I think, know what those are from television, all the westerns and stuff, right? Yeah. And then shotguns, too. Yeah. Yeah. Three okay. different platforms. Where do um, Glock 9 millimeters fall in there? Because that's well, what you've got there, would, right? Well, a Glock would fall under. No, actually, this, this here. That's a, is, that is a pretty close to a training uh, pistol, right? It is yes. This is a training pistol that I use in some classes and working with with um, students. Uh, I usually have my my firearm on my side uh, without the magazine, without anything chambered in it, right. unloaded during right. the class, um, and I use that to kind of trick some people to see if they catch that I've right. got it there. Are you always and, packing, Darren? Yes. Really? Yes. Good to know, people. <laughs> <laughs> but this is kind of based off of a Beretta ninety two. Oh. Okay. So, I have um, to tell you folks, um, holding it, the weight, I've only shot guns twice in my whole life, but um, the weight of that feels just about right. It actually, there's a heaviness to a yeah. firearm that I think you feel the power of it. It's not a lightweight yeah. thing. Well, and a lot of them now are being made half polymer and half um, steel, too. And how do you feel about that? Um, I like it. Really? The polymer is what they do is they, you've got the slide rail on top here, 
and then you've got the frame down below. They make the frame of a, of a composite polymer, mm -hmm. and they make all the firing pins and, and the slides and springs out cool. of steel. So it reduces the weight tremendously. So I actually think it balances the so pistols out. So for someone who's, who's a professional marksman, the weight is, makes all the difference for you? Weight plays, plays into how much of a recoil you will have when oh, you yeah. shoot it. But the recoil pad's kind of fun. I think. It is, not if you need to be accurate though. That's true, that's true. <laughs> Have you ever had to use your firearm in a dangerous situation in your life? No, thankfully. Good, Good. I'm glad to hear that. All right, we'll move on to the next slide, which is cleaning. And we're gonna actually show some footage in a little bit about that, but these are all the little things you need. Yeah. How often do you need to clean your gun? That's a big question. Um, some people will go to the, the gun range. You got me using gun. Yeah. Uh, we'll go Sorry, to the gun the range. That's range. okay. And um, maybe shoot 50 rounds through it and take it home and clean it. Okay. That may be the person that doesn't carry their firearm. It's just more of a sport for them. Okay. Um, some people will shoot two, 3,000 rounds through their, through their pistol before they decide to clean it. Okay. I tend to go about... 600 rounds, wow. so that's about two weeks okay. worth of um, How often time are you investing range. your time in this, do you call it a hobby? Is it a way of life for you? What would you say? Uh, it's just kind of a hobby. Okay. I mean, I, I'm a teacher at heart, um, and firearms is, is just something that, that I can kind of do solo when I need some just time alone and I want to work on, uh, you know, getting my vision a little better right. and hand-eye coordination. Focus, it really makes you at one with that moment uh, and yeah. all of the Zen philosophies teach that concept. Mm. So it's kind of funny that firearms and Zen concept <laughs> would be married together, but uh, it's really true, I yeah. think. Yeah. So these are all the goodies that you need and we're going to show you in some footage that your daughter Rebecca shot for us. She actually was trained here at WCTV. Woo -woo. So we're going to show her footage in a little bit, but those are all the goodies you need. Let's talk about children and gun safety. Probably a favorite topic. That's going to be our next slide. Favorite topic of so many because I know mm. when we talk about firearms, children always get brought up. Right. So if a child sees a gun, stop. Correct. And do what? Um, well, the, the, what the NRA teaches in the class is stop, don't touch, leave the area, tell an adult. Um, a lot of times kids are curious. Right. So they won't stop. They'll go, hey, what is this? Well, What's this laying on the, the table? All the things we see on TV and in video games and all these other things, of right. course they're going to be curious. That would make sense. And what happens is if it's, I can only hope that if there are firearms in a household that somebody has been trained with those firearms and they know how to keep them secure. Some situations arise. How do you think arise, we're doing with that as a nation? Honestly, your opinion, your personal opinion. How do you think we're doing? I, I actually, you only hear the bad stuff. Right, it's true. And of a nation of 300 million people and over 150 million guns. Okay. When you hear one or two bad stories, how many good stories are out there? That's a very good point. That you you never hear of. That's um, true. So every situation where a child is, is hurt or killed is terrible. Of course. But there are ways around making sure that that doesn't happen without kind of eliminating. Sure, and sometimes eliminating. those stories, I think, um, you know, the headline is child shoots friend or what have you, and we yeah. don't read the rest about how did yeah. that happen. And then they never follow up afterwards about was that family retrained or what happened right. after that. Was I'm it sure an illegal too. gun? 
Yeah, and I'm sure too, when that happens in a community, that's actually educational for the community. Right. Because it must make you think as a gun owner, a firearms owner, <laughs> to be a little more careful yourself. Kind of wakes you up a little bit, maybe to be a little more careful when those things happen. Yeah, well, it, it, when I see something like that, that just gives me an opportunity to reinforce when I'm teaching new people that are just getting into. I mean, I know um, everybody knows that. And I've seen you know the reports, and it's very tragic, and everyone's always very upset. Yeah. But it's, it's very scary to think yeah. about that happening. It's, it's, I try to stay away from the political side of it. Right. I can, we can bring it all the way back to the Constitution, the Second Amendment. Sure. All rights the rights arms. will not be infringed, which means you can't put any limits on it. And I'm all for, um, if you're federally able to have a firearm, you should be able to have a firearm from federal standards. Okay. Um, well, I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> Let's talk about storage. That's our next slide. I mean, th that's crucial. I would think if some of these firearms were stored properly, these tragedies that we have right. just talked about correct. would not occur. So that store the, yeah, this thing about storing the ammunition separate, you know, I get that, but is that really practical? Well, really. one of the, one of the things that um, was brought up when I was at the NRA's annual meeting um, about having your firearm when it says store ammunition separate from your firearm, um, there are storage boxes almost similar to this, yeah. this one here. This is a, a steel lock box. It's got a cable inside. You can wrap it around something that won't move um, or come unattached. Okay. But there are also um, what they call RFID chip safes, small safes that you can keep on your bed stand okay. where you could technically keep your loaded firearm in there. Oh. And the only way to open that is with an RFID chip or bracelet. Okay. So, so theoretically, you is, wear the bracelet to bed. The yep. bad guys come. You, you activate move your, the bracelet. You, just you move get your the gun, and you're all set. You just move your hand over it, and the RFID chip unlocks the safe. Okay. Um, all right. I think that makes because it seems to me again the way yeah. I grew up. You know, my dad. The ammunition was in a closet, way away, and the firearm was way yeah. away too. And they never met until he was ready to do whatever he was doing. With there, there, which are, was deer hunting. Actually. Yeah, there are so many rules on the books that I had one person um, tell me at one time that if you follow all the storage laws for our state, you'll break the transport laws. How if so? you follow. He didn't get into specifics, but he said if you follow all the transport laws to the T, the right. way they're written, you'll break some of the storage right. and laws. And then it's always state versus and federal, too, yeah. which is really a slippery slope. And then they, they say one committee does this, one committee does this, and apparently they don't well, get on the same page. Let's solve that before I'd the next love time to you come see, on the show. I'd love to see a standard, <laughs> yeah. um, statewide standard precedent set. Yeah, I think that's a good so idea. So that, that way everybody can say, hey, this is, the, this is the rule book right. for every city and town in the Makes state. Sense. Makes it easy for everybody. Firearms not accessible to unauthorized persons. Well, that I get, and I'm yep. good with that. That one I like. <laughs> Store ammunition in a cool, dry place. Is that because it will explode on its own if it's warm? No, it'll, it'll never explode on its own. Really? But it'll go so bad. It could go bad. all this you see on bad. TV where the ammunition just explodes because of heat, that's not true? The, um, well, it's got to be a fire, basically. Okay. Um, in order to explode the ammunition. So if your house is on fire, well, yes. it's no longer a cool, dry place. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Very good. But uh, a cool, dry but place. It's, it's for um, the humidity can actually have an impact on the gunpowder. Oh, okay. So, so not make it impact, but it can make it maybe not as usable? Right, That's correct. That's what you mean. Oh, okay. Correct. All right, moving on to our next slide, we have record keeping. Yeah, I didn't realize you had to keep records. Yeah. 
for your firearm. Uh, so tell me all about all of these and why they're important. When you make a purchase in the state of Massachusetts, you get what's called an FA-10 form. Okay. On that FA-10 form, it has all the information of who you are, who you bought the firearm from, and the information about the firearm, including manufacturer, serial number, model number, color photo, well, not the photo, mm -hmm. um, receipts. Um, the FA-10 is the registration. Um, what you want to do is that also has the date of purchase on it. Um, they recommend from an attorney friend of mine and a couple other attorneys that I've spoken with, even if you had a firearm 20 years ago and you got paperwork for it, you keep the paperwork. Because if you sell that firearm, you will get a bill of sale, whether you sell it on consignment through, a through an FFL dealer or um, in some states you can do a private tr sale transfer from licensed owner to licensed owner, and then you can get a record of that transfer. But you keep those mm -hmm. copies because people will say there's never a chance that something could happen, but if uh -huh. suddenly two or three owners down the road, um, that person's gun gets stolen and used in a crime. I'm with you, I'm already And they find the gun. They automatically, the, the police will automatically go to the firearms records and say, who was the last person to own this? And if mm. that person you sold it to made it not quite legal transfer of that mm -hmm. firearm, they may come back to you and you say, mm. here's my paperwork. So you're, you're culpable unless you have that paperwork. In a, you could be. Ooh. You could be. That's scary. Yeah. So I guess don't sell any firearms you own unless no, you're a no. gun dealer. And no. what is FFL? You said FFL. Um, a federal firearms license. Okay. Those okay. are those are the local gun stores that can that can buy and sell firearms. Okay. Now we heard a lot recently in the news, I think in the last year or so, about waiting periods for getting firearms. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And and really, do you feel like that's going to work, making people wait? Because isn't the theory the bad guys will just do what they want anyway, and it's only the good people that are going to have to follow the laws? Speak to that for me. Uh, well, the, the waiting period, Massachusetts does not have the waiting period for purchasing a firearm. What you do when you go to purchase is you fill out all the paperwork, you fill out all the paperwork for the background check, then the firearms dealer contacts the FBI, runs your background check, and it's called an instant check. Okay. They will be able to tell you if you're federally legal and if your license is legal okay. and current. But we don't use that here. Uh, yes, we do. Oh, we do. Okay. We do. Okay. Every firearm that goes through an FFL in the state of Massachusetts gets a background check. And that's good. Yes. I like that. Okay. Yeah. And, um, so the, the whole waiting period thing, I'm not quite, I mean, I tell people if you're going to make a big purchase, don't spend the money right away. Go home and sleep on it. Right, of course. <laughs> um, and then you might change your mind. Okay. So, but what about the argument that only good law-abiding citizens are the ones who are licensing and it's yeah. the underground gun market that's yeah. the problem? Oh, I, no, I what agree. What do you feel about that? I think, I think there are, there are, the more and more regulations that they put on firearms, mm -hmm. Let's face it, it a criminal. It for the regular guy. Yeah, a criminal is a criminal for a reason. <laughs> right. They're not going to suddenly go, oh, oh, we have more new gun laws. Uh, I better not rob the bank now. Right. Or I better I not do this. I better get this gun registered before I go rob the bank. I, That's not going to happen. I truly believe it just kind of, it takes our ability to, uh, to defend ourselves out of our hands. Mm -hmm. And while the criminals continue to get more well-armed and, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not promoting gunfights, right, but, 
Is, is there anything as an instructor or as an NRA member that you feel would really make a big difference that you'd like to see legislatively? Do you feel like there's any one thing that they really ought to do? Well, I'm, I'm thinking, I, I have students that, that take my class from all different communities, and they're all great people, and they're all law-abiding citizens, and they can all pass a background check. But student A from this community here, he'll put his application in, with a safety certificate from the, that I issue from the state police, and eight weeks later, he'll have his firearms license. Another community, he'll put his safety certificate and application in, and they'll have to get three letters of reference. They'll have to get, um, do, do a report on why they want to have a firearm with them or in their home. Okay. And they get, they get hit with so many different regulations it's, it's almost as though they just want to hit you with so much that they just want to discourage you mm -hmm. from doing it the right way. So maybe you're asking for standardization? Absolutely. If everybody's going to have to do a report, everybody should have to do a report. The yeah. rules should be the same right. across the board. Yeah, That's I'm not, I'm not like pushing for the report, but right. having the safety, taking a safety class is a really good start. Yes. I mean, well, I think everybody should have to do that. Besides, you, you can't really learn how to use it properly if you right. don't have the safety class. Oh, absolutely. Let's look at our last slide, which is the laws, and then we'll be moving on to look at the footage that Rebecca shot for us. So, oh, I love this. Can I carry a concealed weapon in a federal building? No. The post office? No. Check with the policy on the hospital? Yes. Really? Yep. Some hospitals let you? Some hospitals do not have it in their policy. Some hospitals say no firearms. Wow. So it's a, it's a private institution. I would just so think like hospitals and oh, at church, yes, we're getting to the church. Or schools or universities, no. Restaurants, yes, as long as you don't drink. Right. Okay. See you above. And then you can have a gun in a church. I would think yeah. that would be the last place you would be allowed well, to have in, a gun. In churches, um, it is, according to, to Mass Law, um, it is up to the senior official at the church on whether firearms are allowed or not. Um, hmm. Some churches actually have it in their bylaws that firearms are not allowed. Hmm. I guess so it behooves all the folks who run these places to look at their policies and make sure. Banks, well obviously no. And then just check I guess and see. Okay. What if you bring a firearm to one of these places and you didn't know the rules? What happens to you if they see you with it? Um, well, it, it varies on different places. There are some, um, like restaurants, if, if you, you can bring your firearm to a restaurant, but you can't drink, because if you drink with alcohol and have a firearm on you, on you yeah, even though you're not drunk, you are drinking with your firearm and you'll yeah, lose your firearms you license. You shouldn't be able to do that. Um, so you're the designated driver. Um, there are the schools and universities, that's that state law, you, you cannot have firearms on public school huh. or private school property. Um, now we're just talking about concealed though, so that means hidden, but right. what if you're wearing it on your holster or you throw it up on the uh, table? That well, makes it not concealed. In, in so. Massachusetts, there is no official open carry law what? in Massachusetts. So th there, it's, is that it's, the way around it then? If you don't conceal it, you can just bring it anywhere you want? They they say there's nothing on the books. I have not found anything on the books, but they encourage you not to do it. <laughs> well, yeah. Because they can get you for something else. Yeah. 
I, you I know, mean, disorderly. honestly, when I see guns, they scare me. Even when I see it holstered on a policeman or some other official, it frightens me. And it, I think it's a healthy respect that right. I have for right. it. But I, I wouldn't want that out in the open. Right. I, I think concealed is better. But that's well, me. that's that's the whole thing of concealed. Nobody yeah, knows that point, right? you have it. Right. So it kind of <laughs> comes down to there is there is a. Uh, Simon Malls, for example, right. has a no firearms policy. And if you're caught with a firearm on Simon Malls, they can ask you to leave. Oh. No, there's no arrest. There's nothing like that. It's their policy, no firearms. If they see you with one, they will say, please okay. leave our facility. And then you leave, so lock when, it up. When or, you are carrying this firearm, do you always have to carry something that says you have a license to carry? Well, you, you have, have your to license. Have that with it? You have no. You don't have it with it. Okay. I have a I have a license and it's in my wallet. Okay. So. What about if it's in your vehicle, and you get stopped? Do you if, tell them right away when they pull you over? I have a gun in this car. How does every, that work? Every state is different. Of course, we need <laughs> to do something about that. That's not good. Uh, Every state is different on what they require. Okay. Um, some what's that's what's called duty to inform. Okay. And Massachusetts has a no duty to inform. Really? So you do not have to. I don't have, have to, to tell them. You do not have wow. to tell them. I don't think but I would like that as a Massachusetts police officer. Some some people will say if I've heard other instructors um, say that if you're carrying. And you get stopped for a speeding ticket or well, yeah. a stoplight or something like that. Put your hands on your fire on the steering wheel. Yeah. You know, get your registration out quickly. Put your hands on your Don't steering wheel. Don't drop your gun on the floor while you do that. <laughs> if he asks if you have any firearms, because chances are they ran your plate, and they can look up your name, and they can also see if you have a firearms license. Oh. Okay, because I was so, going to say, if, if I just get pulled over for a simple traffic violation, I don't know that I would spill my guts and say right. all of that. Well, you don't, you don't necessarily have that? to. You know? But then again, if I open my glove box and he sees it, he's probably yeah. not going to like that too much. So that, I guess you kind of well, have to weigh in it. Your, in your glove box, I don't recommend carrying in your glove box. Well, if you're carrying Darren, concealed, so, you, know, you keep it on you. That's where they always are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where box, the illegal right? ones are. <laughs> oh, good to know, good to know. All right, so let's take a look at some footage of you in action, actually showing us um, how you clean a gun. And this uh, footage was shot by your daughter, Rebecca Marsh. So that's you talking about cleaning guns. So we're just going to watch that, take a look at it, and when we come back from looking at the footage, we'll talk a little bit more about how folks can get instruction from you and how they can learn more, because obviously we can't cover it all in this short amount of time. So Absolutely. let's take a look at that footage that Rebecca shot of you, no pun intended, of you <laughs> cleaning your gun. We'll take a look at that. Hello, I'm Darren Marsh, and we're going to do a quick overview of how to clean a firearm. I'm going to use my Smith & Wesson M&P 9 today. What you want to start off with is first finding your owner's manual that came with your new firearm. In this owner's manual, you will have everything you need for instructions to disassemble your firearm or what they may call field strip. It will also have instructions on what to clean and how to clean it as well, but I'm going to show you. What you also need is a cleaning kit. This is a basic cleaning kit. has your bore brushes in it, has your little patch holders in it, and your rods for running through the barrel. And cleaning the firearm. It's little patches to absorb the, the cleaning solution from the barrels and also the solution that's a lubricant as well as an oil for cleaning your firearm. I've already field stripped mine and it's down here on our table. This is how we're going to do this. I'm going to start off with the barrel first. Taking the barrel, 
I use a Hops 9 cleaner. Little solution on here. Then you run your barrel brush through your barrel three or four times and then just put it aside and let that cleaning solution start to really work inside that fire inside that firearm barrel. Next you want to clean is your frame. I use a little brass brush, small end, big end. You can find these at a hardware store or I usually pick them up at one of the local firearms um, shows that happen in the area. Put a little, little solution on here and the areas you want to clean are around your sear. Sear block that's called, that's what actually fires a firearm. Trigger springs are in and around the trigger. Some of the release pins. Once you get those coated, you want to put that down. Put that aside. Let that soak in. Next, you want to take your slide. Very important part of the firearm. This right here is the firing pin structure that holds all the materials necessary to operate your firearm. Take a little oil. You want to clean this area really well. You also want to clean the little rails that are right in the sides here. Get some good solution in there. Put them down. Let them sit for, for a minute or two. Next, when you're ready, you want to take them back up, hit them again with a brush, give them a good wipe down, make sure you get as much of that cleaning solution off there as possible. On, with your barrel, what you're going to do is take the little patch holder, put that on your cleaning rod, like so, run that through the barrel, and as you can see, it's a bit dirty. Once you're done with that, take your guide rod, maybe give that a little wipe down, and your frame, give that a wipe down. Last but not least, you'll want to put a couple of drops of oil on your firearm, right here and here, and on this side and on this side. These are the points where the rail rides on the slide. Once you get that all oiled up, we can follow the manual instructions for reassembly of your firearm and you should be good to go for the next few rounds. Thank you very much. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's what you call a speed cleaning. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for shooting that for your dad. We appreciate you bringing the footage along. Well, Darren, well, I could you. sit here and talk with you forever, but unfortunately, I think we're out of time for today. So okay. tell folks how uh, they can get in touch with you if they want to take a class or if they have any general questions. All right, well, the best way to get in touch with me is I have a local Facebook page. Um, it's, you can, can be found at www.facebook.com forward slash capital N-R-A, capital I, and then the word instructor, I, capital I for instructor, okay. and then capital D-M. Okay. And that'll bring up um, a Facebook page that I have. It's a NRA Home Firearms Safety Instruction. Wonderful. And uh, you'll be able to see, you saw the video, that yeah. video's on that page. Nice. Um, or send an email to me at nrainstructordm at gmail.com. Beautiful. And uh, I'm always putting things also on the local community page. Wonderful. Um, and also, I have to add that I am now working with a um, new store that opened in Saugus called 511 Tactical. They deal with uh, uniform pants and and for first responders, police, uh, military, and so forth. They're in uh, 358 Broadway in Saugus on Route 1 North. Okay. They heard that I taught firearm safety classes and they asked me to teach classes at their store. Wonderful, congratulations. So I've got some advertisement up there. Nice. So I have actually have a, a class, official classroom, plus I'll do in-home for two or more people, kind of like 
Um, the ladies have a tendency to do Tupperware parties. Right. I do firearms parties. Beautiful. I love that idea. Yeah, and no so. parting gifts, right? No. <laughs> no, except your certificates when oh, you complete excellent. the course. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much for watching our show today. This is Where's Wilmington. I want to thank Darren Marsh for taking the time out of his busy life to educate us about firearms, not guns, right? And reminding you the next time someone asks you Where's Wilmington, you tell them right here and right here on WCTV. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.